How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Devin the Bear. Uh, today, we're going to be doing things a little bit different. We figured, you know, why not let y'all know on the conversations we have outside of the podcast? And so today, um, it was just an idea that Zach had, and I thought it was a great one to just discuss our top five greatest of all time fighters. Uh, but before we get into that, we just kind of want to brush up on the Bellator card this past weekend. Corey Anderson gets a TKO victory in less than a minute over Ryan Bader. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't really too surprised by that, to be honest with you. What's your, what's really? your thoughts? Yeah. I would I would say it's a big surprise that Corey Anderson knocked someone out, like Ryan Bader. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I was like, I should probably finish that sentence. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, Corey Anderson's not, you know, known for his aggressive striking he uh was never the elite level of fighters but yeah. when it came down to it he was at a much higher level than ryan bader has ever been you know uh when it came to when, no. when ryan, it came, ryan bader was he was good but in what, the ufc he was yeah. okay he, he was, was like he, i would say he was a higher he, i wouldn't say he's a mid-tier fighter but after his loss to john jones it's just he couldn't ever put together yeah. a win streak and when it came to him ch- challenging anybody in the top five he was losing he lost to machita he got knocked out by rumble johnson um, he lost to Tito Ortiz. Um, yeah. and, and the way that he lost to Tito Ortiz is the same way he lost to Lyoto, the same way he lost to Corey Anderson. He yep. rushes in with his hands down every time. Yep. I don't get it. And Corey Anderson was really close to a title shot, too. We uh, think a lot of people don't forget about that because that's how that's where Jean Blockowicz knocked him out cold with a. Yeah. Um, and so with Corey Anderson, I think he, I mean, he's a good fighter. He runs his mouth a lot, but hey, fuck it. You got to, you got to talk a little bit of shit sometimes, you know? But uh, one of the things he had said too, though, was uh, he said he's the best light heavyweight in the world after the fight. Yeah. It might be the best light heavyweight in Bellator. Yeah. I like Corey Anderson. He seems yeah. like a super nice guy. Yeah. Um, But his skills are in his grappling yeah and his hands have proven to help him out sometimes yeah he knocked out johnny walker um yeah. but Pretty like dirty when he said he was the best light heavyweight in the world i was like yeah, um I, I i don't see beating the top five that we that are currently in the ufc right now i don't see you ever beating john jones who people are always going to have him in the best light heavyweight conversation yeah. um i just i don't see him yeah. touching touching john jones no uh I don't either. Uh, what's it called? He. I don't see him beating guys like Tiago Santos. I don't see him beating guys like Alexander Rakic. I think he could beat Tiago Santos, but it'd be boring. Be a very boring fight. Rakic, I'd have to see more from. So yeah. In a in a technical battle, Rakic is gonna win that. Yeah. And so um, I I don't see him beating Anthony Smith. No. No. Because he he. He would need to try to put that up against the cage, and yeah. Anthony Smith likes that because you can't take Anthony Smith yeah. down. He'll submit no. you, yeah, unless you're Glover to share. There's levels to this, Corey Anderson. There's <laughs> levels to this. Uh, so yeah, uh, I I know. So to go ahead and get right into it, uh, there was a UFC fight this card this past weekend. I don't know what you're talking about. Just we'll just move right past that. Oh, congratulations on Jim Miller getting a great knockout, by the way. But yeah, hey, when did that happen? Uh, what? Uh, Sorry, I had a, a, it was a fever dream. Um, so until I'll start it off. So my top five to start off my list would be, uh, my, but uh, in this, I guess it, it, like when it comes to five to two, there's no particular, particular order, but my, my number one is set. I know that's that person is the best of all time, but my number five is, uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Um, to preface a little bit, I, oh. I, you got in there real fast. Oh. Um, 
it's we're we're doing strictly UFC uh, just to kind of make things easier. You you start throwing in other organizations or just MMA all time. Yeah. Um, you have people like Fedor, but also in Pride you have things like um, Sakuraba, who's beating everybody. Yeah. And then you have and like the, Silva. Yeah. So, but but then whenever they saw, you learn that there's a little bit of uh, dirty waters in there, yeah. some corruption. So. Yeah. <laughs> so bad guys, as yeah. Dana White would say. But um <laughs> that's fucking Yeah, we're cool. we're gonna stick to just UFC. Uh so you said your number five is uh Valentina Shevchenko. Yes, uh my number five is Valentina Shevchenko. I believe that um between like her between her skills from her stand up to her grappling are superior from she is went up to she fought at thirty five originally. Her only losses are to the current champion Amanda Nunes. But uh, with that, I th- feel that Valentina did win the second fight against um, Amanda Nunes. And now we're seeing Valentina completely run through the uh, the flyweight division. And um, like when it comes to Amanda Nunes, too, is like I feel like she's in very, very uh, like she's the, t- the weight classes that she's champion over. There's no talent in them. You know, like I just I, like there's nobody in there that stands out. Like if you see. Valentina, like she's fighting women who are going on long um, win streaks, like Lauren Murphy. Lauren Murphy's a great fighter. She has a win over Lauren Murphy. Was on a, um, a four fight win streak, and that's not an easy thing to do at all in a competitive division. Um, I mean, something about these lower weight class women's divisions, they just they're way more competitive than the higher. There's a lot more depth in them. Yeah, the um, the talent, not the talent. I would just say the. The level of fighting, like the top tier fighting when it comes to Bantamweight and, of course, Featherweight, is just very, very shallow. There's not a lot going on right over there. And so I think Valentina's fighting the best in the world, um, and she's doing a damn good job at it. Yeah. Uh, my number five is going to be Forrest Griffin. Um, I almost put him. Yeah. he. Well, now we know you didn't. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the reason he's my number five pick is uh, he came into the sport – and I know everybody always says, like, oh, well, he saved it. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. And I, 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 I'm I, not disagreeing with that, and I do put that on him. I do think that he and Stefan Bonner saved the, saved the sport. Um, but he came into the sport when the to- at the time where it was just kind of stale. There were only, like, a, hand, a very small handful of fighters that people were interested in watching and no one else. And then Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner fight happened. And then just from then on, he was exciting. And they even had people come over from Pride that he fought. And that made things interesting. Uh, but one of the reasons that he's he's my number five is that I think he was one of the first fighters that had a relatable personality. Yeah, He's not a killer. He's not a stone-faced, scary guy. He's a goofball who is not the smartest in the room. He's not the strongest in the room. He's just likes to fight and he likes to have fun. Yeah. And to him, that's having fun. So it's just a really fun person. So I think he kind of embodies uh, the the just a fun side of MMA. Like yeah. it's it's he's the guy that would be really good at it, and you would never expect it. I just wish yeah. if he weren't so darn big. I wish he would have been able to defend the title at least once. It sucks because like whenever yeah. whenever he became champion, that there was that turning point in the light heavyweight division. 
all these guys who have been around for a minute are starting to fade out. Chuck Liddell was on the end, the end of his career. I didn't um, question your number five, Devin. No, no I'm agreeing with you. What's <laughs> <laughs> it called? Uh, but it's just like I, w- I wish Forrest could have defended the title once. But I, well, I, I see why you put him in there, though. You know, He was one of the first guys to take it to r- Rampage yeah. with an approach. Instead of just going in there like you got to put him out because he's going to put you out. Yeah. He went in there and was like, all right, let's put a game plan together yeah. and beat Rampage. And he beat Rampage. And just showed that Rampage has holes. Yeah. Um, he beat him for the championship, became a champion. Um, he was the first Ultimate Fighter winner. Like he, he's a first for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and again, I think he's just he's someone to look up to, depending on your personality. Yeah. And he's always fun. He's always entertaining. He's always gonna be um, a good person to listen to. You don't ever have to worry about him saying something stupid. Well, stupid in the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a call. He, uh, he, I, like you said, I think he's a very, very relatable fighter. And like, what I do like is the UFC has still kept him around, and he's yeah. working with people at the PI, at the um, at the institute they have for all the fighters to go and train at. And I think that's great because it's like he, um, he's able to relate to these fighters, and he's a people person. I mean, he, uh, a lot of people like him, like you said. And it's whenever he says, you know, I'm not the strongest, I'm not the fastest, this and that. I'm like, Forrest Griffin, you're like six foot three. Like, <laughs> you're a fucking unit. Like, what do you mean? But he's, oh, I mean, I get where he's coming from when he's saying that, though. His work ethic and training is pretty intense. Yeah. He goes, he works really hard in training, um, even though he's super laid back. Again, he brings, he's the passionate side of MMA. Yeah. He's the passionate without the intensity. Yeah. But the passion brings the intensity in training. And then when he's fighting, it's just kind of funny looking. I feel like watching some Boris <laughs> Griffin fights tonight. They're entertaining. They They're are. always entertaining. Uh, his fight against Anderson Silva was something else. Yeah. But it's entertaining. I wish he would have beat uh, Shogun whenever they rematch, though. Yeah. Um, it sucks to see him retire. I know he talked about he couldn't even pick up his left arm anymore. His shoulder was completely fucked. I'm like, damn. So, also yeah. our number four. Um, who do you got? Do you mean to go? Hey, yeah, you yeah, got to keep the keep uh, it going. pattern. Uh, I put Alexander Volkanovsky. Really? Yeah. Uh, I feel that Ooh. Alexander Volk. What's that? Boo. <laughs> um, I feel that Alexander Volkanovsky is establishing himself as the greatest featherweight of all time, and that's a. How's very, he better than Jose Aldo? He's beat Jose Aldo. But how's he better than? How is his legacy better than Jose Aldo's? He's establishing it. So he hasn't established it. Jose Aldo's already established it. Right. But six years undefeated. Right. And then one punch took him out. Well, that's fine. But six so, years undefeated. Right. Well, that one punch didn't take out those six years where he went without I mean, getting look touched. Look at you, you say Hinnom Brow is one of the greatest bantamweights of all time. Yeah. You really? Yeah. I mean, he went ten years undefeated. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think Hinnom Brow is one of the greatest bantamweights of all time. Well, we'll get to that. But how was Volkanovski? What Vol, how was Volkanovski better than what Jose Aldo did? Uh, I think the talent pool that Volkanovski beat to become champion is deeper than what Jose Aldo beat as champion. Yeah, but you can't blame Aldo for that. Yeah. But, I mean, what it comes down to it, though, I think Volkanovski just has beat much higher competition that what, uh, than what um, Jose Aldo beat beforehand. Like, Do you think Volkanovski beats a prime Jose Aldo? Yep. I don't know, man. Aldo's yeah. fast. He is very fast. He's still fast. He's not as fast, though. Yeah. But he, he is very fast. Per USADA, uh, well, uh, Jose Aldo has a good <laughs> chance. Because, let's yeah. be real, Jose Aldo wasn't the same after USADA. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So, uh, but we, you can't prove anything. What's that? You can't you can't prove anything. You never <laughs> failed a test. Uh, I mean, shit. Even John Jones fucking had high ele- elevated testosterone. They still let him fucking fight. Yeah. 
Um, come on, that's pre-USADA. Come on, man. I mean, uh, I think uh, what Jose Aldo did to Uriah Faber's leg, yeah, will go down in history. It's like one of yeah. the worst beatings. Uh, didn't he do it like body twice? Uh, uh, yeah, it wasn't as bad the other time around. Yeah, the first one, his whole leg swelled up like a balloon. Yeah, and the whole the entire leg looked he like a frostbite. Yeah, yeah, he had to be on crutches. Yeah, uh, it's it's insane. I would say the only time Volkanovski's done something similar was to Brian Ortega's face. True, he knocked out Chad Mendes. So did Jose Aldo with the fly, with a with a knee. Yeah, with a turn spinning knee. And who else? It's uh, pretty intense. Volkanovski's beat Max Holloway twice. Also, yeah. Jose Aldo's lost to him twice. Controversial. I agree with the first one. The second one can go either way. I think I do think Volkanovski won the first fight. The second fight. Um, uh, it all comes down to that third round. Um, I gave the first two rounds in that fight to uh, uh, Max Holloway, but the uh, last two rounds were Volkanovski. The third so, round, though, is like that's the most that's the most crucial round in that fight. Well, why else is Volkanovski your number four? Um, I just feel like he has the passionate of what a champion is. I mean, you, you look at that triangle that he was in. Somebody like Jose Aldo would have tapped in that triangle. When Jose Aldo was faced with adversity, he's given up, and we've seen it. You know. Um, and now with somebody like like Max Holloway, he went on a 12-5 win streak, and I think that's incredible. But he's still in his prime, and he's lost to Alexander Volkanovski twice, you know. And so it's just like whenever you're in your prime and you lose to that guy, maybe he's just a better fighter. And I fucking I, I'm a big Max Holloway fan. Like I I really like Max Holloway how he holds himself. I've watched his Joe Rogan podcast episodes, both of them numerous times. Uh, he's a cool ass dude. But um, I think Volkanovski takes it, and it could be recency bias as well. Like I was, like I said before we started, like some of my picks might be because of just what we've seen recently from these fighters. But I think um, I think Alexander Volkanovski is um, one of the greatest of all time, and he's still establishing that legacy. You know, we just haven't seen it yet. Okay. Well, not all of it yet. I mean, we'll get in there. Yeah. Maybe. So. Well, my number four is Amanda Nunes, which is why I find it interesting that you picked Valentina Shevchenko. Really? For your number five, yeah. Uh, my number four is Amanda Nunes because she's beaten all the um, supposed greatest female fighters of all time. Yeah. And she beat them under a minute. Yeah. She beat Ronda in, like, what was it, 46 seconds or something? Yeah, something like that. And she that. beat Cyborg in 30-something seconds. Yeah. Those are two women that... And Lisa well, Van Heels. Ronda. Yeah. yeah. But Cyborg, no one expected that. No one expected it to go Not that way. Not at all. No. Um, and she put her down. Yeah. That overhand right. Several overhand rights. She folded. Um, but what, what Amanda Nunes is doing is pretty insane. She rebuilt herself, or yeah. she restructured herself as a fighter after she took some losses, and she hasn't lost since. Yeah. Um, her approach to the game is different. Um, and I think it's pretty crazy that her approach to the game has changed and that part of that approach is let your hands go. Yeah. Um, because that's something she had issues with before. She wouldn't let her hands go. Um, and now whenever she starts going, she doesn't stop. And that gets, that's led her to a win every single time. Um, so as a champion, she's her, uh, her championship fights have her defenses have been against the greatest of all time. So, or two of and then Valentina Shevchenko, she's beaten her twice. So it's like she's beating a who's who at the championship level. Not on her way to the title, but at the championship level, she's beating the list of greatest fighters of all time. Yeah. Um, so I think for a number four, I think she sits there pretty well. 
Um, I do, if I was to have a knock on her, I would hope that it's, or I would hope that she starts being a bit more active. Yeah. She's not fighting as much as she, I wish she would. I know she's got a fight coming up. Yeah. Um, but I do hope, I, she's got two weight classes to run, you know? Yeah. You need to start running them. Um, well, there's nobody at Featherweight for her to fight. No, but you got to do something. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to end up Who are you gonna put her against? losing. Mom? Sure. How'd she look last night? Uh, she has a great jab. We, we knew that. <laughs> and Aspen Delight doesn't like to be yelled at. Who knows, man? I'm just being a <laughs> she looked good in the fifth seat. round after getting yelled at. Yeah. Uh, anyway, those didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think... I have Amanda Nunes at number four, and I'm pretty happy with that. I think she's one of the, she's the greatest female fighter of all time, and I don't think that's going to change. Yeah. Um, I don't think Shevchenko beats her. I think she does. Even if she does, what is that, one at one to two? Make it a four. Fuck it. It's only four that makes sense. You'd have to make it five. Five. Make Unless it five. she loses the fourth. Okay, then, it'll, yeah. You gotta Amanda Nunes is better. No, she's uh, not. Yeah, she is. I mean, she's won twice. What was your argument with Volkanovski and Holloway? What's that? Uh, that Volkanovski won twice. Right. So Amanda Nunes won twice. Oh, my She's fuck. better. Hate you. <laughs> <laughs> That's your logic. So sorry. What's your number three? Well, using my logic against me, you piece of shit. <laughs> um, my number three is... Um, so my number three will be uh, Stipe Miocic. I think he's one of the greatest of all time. Um by greatest, far. Greatest uh, heavyweight of all time. Yeah. Still. I still I think he's one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. I think that guy could have easily dropped down to two oh five if he wanted to, made the cut, and I don't think it would have affected him. Um I think with Stipe is that we like we you know, we saw he made the changes he needed to make. Um you know, after his loss to fucking DC? Uh, not to DC, um Junior DeSantos. I wanted to oh, say okay, okay. I wanna say Stephen Struve. Yeah. The real greatest heavyweight of all time? Who should have been the greatest heavyweight of all time? (laughs) Fucking Stretch Armstrong. Um, He, Sleep Ages, he's a normal guy, you know? Um, He's a firefighter, like we we all talk about. He's He's not a normal man. He's pretty fucking out there. Uh, He's really weird. (laughs) Well, I'm not just talking mentally. He is just kind of like a dad. Yeah, he's a goofy Um, dude. But that guy is a giant. Yeah, he's huge. And he's... I wouldn't say he's undersized for a heavyweight, which I think adds kind of to his what he's done in the heavyweight division. That mm-hmm. the fact that he is undersized often, yeah. Um, but he's huge. What is he like six two six? Th- he's six three six four, um, and he weighs in around like two fifty each time. Yeah, and he's just he's like he's well rounded. Yeah. He's so well rounded. Moves very well. Um, I mean, to see somebody go against uh, when he when he was rematching Daniel Cormier after their first fight in the second fight, uh, he decided just mid fight he made the adjustment. I mean, you don't really see fighters make mid fight adjustments like that, and to come back from that, yeah. And, <coughs> I'm a fan, actually. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> fucking, uh, so like, you don't see fighters make mid fight adjustments anymore. They just they keep trying to implement this game plan that's not working. You know, uh, we've seen it. We, like, we even saw with Lauren Murphy when she fought Valentina Shevchenko. Um, and you know, and it creates a certain level of like fight IQ is that, um, fight IQ and just the, the will to win and, uh, Cipe's established that he's defended the title numerous time, most time, more times than anybody else in the division has ever had. And, um, he certainly has the championship mindset. Yeah. Uh, you can't be a champion if you're not willing to change, uh, because you can't be the same forever. Yeah. 
and continue being champion. That's just not how it works. Even though he kind of looks and sounds like the guy from Waterboy. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. The Cajun dude? The Cajun-ass dude is like... How does he look like that guy? guy's like 50. He looks a little bit like him, dude. I swear. I don't think so. He does. Uh, he, they, got the, they have the same facial structure, and he kind of he sounds a lot like him. But it's the dad in 51st Dates. Yeah. They, they have a resemblance. <laughs> um, but uh, I think with uh, Stipe just... He comes back better every single time he loses. He's shown that he is a hardworking dude. Obviously, he's a firefighter, like we talked about. Um, I don't know. It's it's something. I was gonna make a joke with Medillo, but I forgot what the fucking thing was. Oh, he made a choice. That's what it was. He made a choice to be a firefighter and a uh, fighter, a yeah. world class fighter. Um, and uh, I I like if him and Nagano rematch. I think uh, he gives Nagano a much tougher fight than everyone's expecting. Um, so I don't know. I could yeah. fucking go on about that. There's just a lot of good things I could say about Stipe Miocic. Well, my number three is uh, I hate to say it, but it's Anderson Silva. I um, you were say it. It's yeah. It's hard not to put him in a top five. Yeah. Um, his legacy is one that's always going to be tied in with UFC. Yeah. You're never going to see a greatest blank, blank, blank UFC list. Yeah. Without having Anderson on it. He's he's got submissions. He's got knockouts. He's got great fights. Uh, he's got great comeback wins. Um, he he's he's very good. He's yeah. one of the best to ever do it. Do you feel like him popping um, for steroids uh, taints that or no? Um, not necessarily, because simply with what the facts are, he had never popped before. So yeah. you just assume he's clean. And look what he did to all those people. Yeah. Um, his fight against Chris Lieben, is, uh, that's his UFC debut. Yeah. And he puts him to sleep. And then no one else was ever, ever able to do that until Bryant Stan. Yeah. Um, so it's like even when, even his first fight in the UFC, he was doing what he was always going to do. And yeah. People just didn't know yet. Um, his last fight in the UFC, no one wanted to see it. Right. But everyone watched. And, and and that's kind of Anderson Silva. Like people got people were so fresh. At least this is from my perspective. Yeah, I hated watching his fights, but I watched all of them because I wanted to see him lose. I'm like, this freaking showboaty guy needs to get knocked out, and he just never did. Yeah, until Chris Weidman. Um, and that's kind of where my reason for picking him in the top three was cemented. Like not just because he's Anderson Silva. But he gets knocked out by Weidman, and he goes in there, and he's fighting the second fight, and he looks good. Yeah. Um, I think he's still leg break that fight. Yeah. yeah. Um, leg break, it sucks. Yeah. Um, and he comes back and he wins a fight. Uh, well, eventually he comes back and he wins a fight, and then he has some terrible fights. Yeah. Um, but it's it just shows that he was never really ready to quit. And now he's boxing, and you know that doesn't really count towards why he would be in the top five in the UFC. Right. But um, without Anderson Silva, the middleweight division would never have been exciting. Yeah, they wouldn't have flourished as much as they did. And even even now, like without him, you have Israel Adesanya, who's mm-hmm. Anderson Silva 2.0. Do you think that his losses um, tainted his legacy? No, that's no. what I was saying. It shows no. that he was never really willing to quit yeah um but he's not dumb enough to keep going yeah he wanted to yeah 
just no way is going to pay him UFC money to keep going. One yeah. might, one championship might. Well, I'm glad he did. Yeah. But, you know, um, his front kick knockout on Vitor Belfort is always going to be one of the biggest highlight reels ever. One of the most frustrating um, fights soon. Yeah. I want to be to win. I don't even understand, like, that whole, that, I'm not even getting into that fight. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Anderson Silva is my number three. What he did for the sport is huge. Um, and he, it was at a time where Brazilians weren't as represented. They started fading away, and he came yeah. back, and he, he was like, no, we're not done here. Uh, Vanderlei was starting to fade away. Um a lot of a lot of the Brazilian legends were starting to fade away, but then yeah. he came back and just kept it in there. And um, so, moving past that, I think uh, what's what am I thinking? What the fuck am I talking Your about? Number two, uh, my number two. Yeah, um, my number. <laughs> remember two, that whole list we're doing? Yeah, the whole point of this episode. Um, my number two will be Kamaru Usman. So uh, I think Kamaru Usman is on his way to being the greatest welterweight of all time. Uh, he's currently cleaning out the division again, you know. Uh, the, what he did to Tyrone Woodley, nobody's ever done Tyrone Woodley until that point. He absolutely dominated Tyrone Woodley, and that was a great fight. I enjoyed the fight. Um, Kamar Usman beat the crap out of that dude. Who else? Um, I mean, you saw what he did to Jorge Masvidal. Nobody's ever knocked out Jorge Masvidal like that before. To for Kamar Usman to you know completely up his striking and still constantly want to get better is just crazy. His fight with Colby Covington, one of the greatest welterweight fights of all time. Um, he had to dig deep and ends up finishing Colby Covington. Yeah, even after he broke his jaw, broke his just, jaw. He the, Colby had no quit in that fight. He wasn't gonna stop, and uh, he kept pushing for it. He kept fighting for it, and he got the finish. Um, what he what he did to his former teammate Gilbert Burns, he knocked out Gilbert Burns. Um, I mean, just some of the things that he's done and he's currently doing are just fucking incredible. And he he defies what is one of the most consistent critiques of champions. Yeah, is champions always end up going to decision? Champions become boring yeah. fighters because they fight smart. He's still fighting smart. Yeah, but he's getting finished. What's crazy is before that though, that's all he was was a decision yeah. fighter. Like and he, at now that he's a champion, he's defying things. And yeah. That's, Amazing. It's crazy to see because most yeah. fighters, like you know, they switch they switch their fighting style. GSP did it. Um, I mean, multiple Floyd Mayweather did it once he became champion. He's completely switched. They switched their style to more of a defensive style, and that's what we're seeing out of. Um, that's what we're seeing out of. Um, <laughs> we're seeing that out of Kamar Usman is he's he's completely switched his style to where it's like, damn, like you you actually can box. Like who would have thought that Kamaru Marty Usman would be doing this right now, and um, I mean to 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 be a champion and still want to grow and become a different type of fighter than what you were originally is just it's a testament to his will. I mean, the, I I think that guy's on something to be honest with you though, but that's besides the point. <laughs> um, Tilly pops. What's up? Tilly pops. Yeah, Tilly pops. Tilly pops. He's one of the greatest welterweights <laughs> of all time, and on his way to being one of the greatest of all time. And Pound for pound, right now he's number one in the world, and I completely agree with that. I think he is gonna. If, if anybody from lightweight or middleweight, I think he's a tough fight for anybody. You know. Yeah, he he has a like I was saying with Stipe, it's the yeah. same thing. He has like a very very important part of the championship mindset. Yeah. Uh, where you have to be open minded, you have to be willing to change, you have to be ready to adapt because yeah. you can't. You can't let the sport pass you up, yeah. uh, because when you're when you're the champion, 
that's when it's the easiest to do that because you get so tunnel visioned on fighting safe or making sure you win Mm -hmm. each fight that you don't realize that the people you're starting to fight are passing you up in style. They're changing. They're doing different things like the calf kick. If he starts dealing with calf kicks, how's he going to react to that? Yeah. Um, not sure why that's uh, a wild new technique, but it is. Yeah. So he starts getting thrown new obstacles. He He's already shown that he's ready to adapt. So I think it's a pretty good pick for number two. Yeah. I just realized on our Instagram, whenever you said, who's your top five, I put Max Holloway. Wow. Yeah. You're pathetic. I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> All right. Number two. My number two is going to be kind of a lumped thing. It's a... Uh, like an era, it's it's more of an era uh, than it is. Uh, You're cheating. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, it's there's and I'll explain. But the, it's Chuck, Tito, and Randy. You can't have one without the others. You just can't. Um, the reason I picked those three is earlier when I when I brought up Forrest Griffin, um, they were running the show right before Forrest Griffin, and the reason things were starting to get stagnant is because all they had to fight was each other. Yeah. There was no one else. No one wanted to see them fight anyone else because it just wasn't exciting. It wasn't interesting. Um, so people were starting to get bored with it and they were like, well, if it's not them two, you know, why, why would we want to watch this? Yeah. Um, so in comes the ultimate fighter, Chuck and Randy. Um, they're friends. They're, they're good guys. They're, they get along well. But when you put them together for a fight, it's very interesting because Chuck loves to have a dirty fight. Randy loves to get in close and make things dirty. So it just makes for a really fun fight. Um, you throw Tito in there. He's got fights with them. And without without Chuck, there's no Tito. Without Tito, there's no Chuck. And same with Randy. You throw him in the mix. So I think they kind of defined an era of the UFC that is so important to the UFC. It's kind of like the attitude era of WWE. Yeah. It, without the attitude era of WWE, WWE wouldn't have survived. Yeah. Um, it would have become cheesy and lame and no one would have liked yeah, it. Yeah, because people will say The Rock or they'll say Stone Cold, but yeah. then hardcore wrestling fans would be like, oh, it was really The Undertaker. He was, he's been, you know, he was the backbone of all that. Yeah. So Chuck, Randy, and Tito are The Undertaker of yeah. that era and, and then on for the UFC. Yeah. There's still faces of the UFC even though they have nothing to do with the UFC anymore. Um, Tito and Randy are never going to be allowed back. Chuck probably is not going to be allowed back as a fighter uh, or many (laughs) other jobs, but that's different. Um, They're just always going to be such a big part of what the UFC is and ever will be. Uh, Without them, most of the fighters we know today wouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, Randy Couture made wrestling exciting. Because before him, you had Dan Severn and Mark Coleman, and I like them, but they were boring when they started wrestling. Uh, Randy Couture made wrestling fun, and not a lot of fighters did that. Chuck Liddell made karate cool, uh, because after the whole thing in the 80s where karate was cool, everyone thought it was for dorks. And then (laughs) Chuck Liddell shows up, this tattooed uh, caveman, and starts knocking people out. And he's like, oh, I've been fighting at a karate gym, you know, forever. And then you have Tito, who's this punk kid from the streets, them streets. Yeah. And together they made for an entire era of the UFC. Right. Um, And not just UFC, MMA. Uh, Without them, 
Even even Chuck made Pride exciting. Yeah, Chuck went to Pride. Randy Couture, while he was heavyweight champion, went to what's it called? Like other, he went to Fight Valley too, though. Yeah. Um, and you know, I just thought of though when you mentioned Chuck Liddell, like doing stuff for the UFC. What would you think? Because remember, Burt Watson, hype of fighters, keep him in touch. And what would you think if they gave that job to Chuck Liddell? Mm. Imagine Chuck Liddell walking in there, like, "Hey, man, you <laughs> fucking ready?" Like, be rude. He'd say something wrong to somebody. You know, I knock your ass out, right? <laughs> Um, no, oh, he he does well, I think. He does well in that scene, um, but he had to start going out of that scene because, again, they, they were an era. They were a whole era. Yeah. Um, so he had to start going on to talk shows like, and stuff, and I think that's when people started saying, oh, Chuck's kind of a has, – he has problems. Yeah. He uh, – what's it called? Um, I don't know. I would like to see that, though, because a lot of people still respect Chuck like they should. Yeah. You know, he didn't beat his wife, by the way. No. Oh, yeah. So his wife was arrested for domestic violence. Everybody thought it was him. Yeah. But no, it was his wife. It was. So, so um, he spoke out about it. Stay he, strong, King. He volunteered. <laughs> he voluntarily went to, went, got arrested and said to her because he yeah. didn't want her to have to go to jail. Fucking simp. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, man, that's about it. See, again. You have Tito, who's just this horrible guy, yeah. and you have on the other side of the coin Chuck, who's a great guy. Yeah, uh, uh, he didn't beat his wife like Tito did. You yeah. know, it's crazy. I think those Randy Couture at one point had to win over both of them, and they both yeah, could, yeah, like like at the same time, like back to back, beat Chuck, then beat uh, then beat Tito. But you see what I mean with having all three of them as a two? Yeah, there's no way to pick one over little, the other. Little lovers triangle. Yeah. You know? So, no. Homo, so, but yeah. Before we get to number one, okay. we'll do some honorable mentions. There we go. I was about to do that too. Um, and for me, one of those honor men- honorable mentions has to be, uh, again, this is kind of a lumped one, but it's BJ Penn and Frankie Edgar. Yeah. Because you had BJ Penn, who's the greatest lightweight of all time, until Frankie Edgar came along. Yeah. And they both kind of like, not that you couldn't have one without the other. Well, you mm-hmm. couldn't have Frankie Edgar without BJ Penn. But if I had to pick one... I would begrudgingly pick Frankie Edgar because he beat BJ Penn several times. Yeah. Um, but they were both small guys who weren't expected to do much. Yeah. And then they wouldn't stop winning. Um, they were knocking people out. They were getting submissions. They were getting, you know, tough fight wins. They were getting comeback wins. They just wouldn't stop. Um, and obviously BJ Penn, you know, his legacy, Frankie Edgar's legacy Honorable mention for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another honorable mention for me is uh, Israel Adesanya. Gross. Yeah, and I, <laughs> yeah, see what's called. But I know it's kind of early to say that. But I mean, look at what he's. The dude's had about a hundred professional kickboxing matches before he got in the UFC. Yeah. He comes in the UFC. Nobody's only person that's made him look touchable is Kelvin Gastelum. And look where their careers have gone since then. Nobody is decisively having a good fight against Israel Adesanya. And it, Adesanya has decisively gotten better yeah. since that fight. And he's we're going to keep seeing him get better. You know, um, more honorable mentions. Um, I mean, do we say Khabib? Yeah, I would say Khabib would yeah. be a good honorable mention. Yeah. You know, you don't go 29-0 and 0 mm-hmm. for no reason. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to have seen him take a couple of legacy fights. You know, a lot of people have legacy fights. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to see him take a couple, but we're not going to see that. No. Um, Dustin Poirier? Nah, not, no. Not yet. No. Not yet. What sucks uh, is I think Matt if he gets Hughes. a chance. Matt Hughes, yeah. You got Matt Hughes. You got, you know, the Gracies. Hoist Gracie. Yeah. You know. 
You're being generous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> my my issue with Gracie, if you're, if you're wondering why the Gracies um, aren't in the list, or Royce Gracie isn't in the list, sorry, Hoist Gracie. Yeah, come correct. Um, uh, is, to me, it's like, yeah, he, he, he opened up the UFC, um, and like I said, Forrest Griffin showed that anybody could do it, because yeah. he's just some dude. Um, he's a large dude, but he's a dude. He's yeah. just some moron who can hit hard. Um, and Hoist Gracie showed that anybody could do it because size and whatever. He's not some big brute who just goes in there and knocks people out or yeah. whatever. Um, but the reason I don't put him on my top five personally is because, yeah, of course you're going to go in there and submit everybody. No one knew what the hell you were doing. Yeah. The second they learned, you got choked out by Matt Hughes. Yeah. And that's you know, let's just not forget that the whole idea of the UFC was to completely push Gracie Jiu Jitsu in the yeah. US. It wasn't really to see what's the best martial art. They they knew that these styles were not going to beat Jiu Jitsu. These guys couldn't compete with Jiu Jitsu, they didn't know what the fuck it was. You think Ken yeah. Shamrock knew he was in a necktie? No, I don't no. know what it was a necktie, but uh regardless, like it's Yeah, that's kind of the whole thing though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is the only reason we really saw the greatness of yeah. Hoist Gracie is because no one knew what was going on. Yeah. It, and this he, originally it was supposed to be Hicks and Gracie. We can talk yeah. about that in another episode. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. But originally it was supposed to be Hicks and Gracie. If it was Hicks and Gracie who was chosen to be in the UFC instead yeah. of Hoist Gracie, I would have put him in my top yeah, five. Yeah, because Hicks and retired undefeated. He you know, retired undefeated. A thousand street fights. he could do more than tap people out. Do you know that? That he's had a thousand fights? Say, I believe it. Yeah. It makes you a tough guy. Legitimate tough guy. Yeah, he's a legitimate Diesel. tough guy. And, um, uh, who else would would you say? Um, what about Demetrius Johnson? Demetrius mean, Johnson, you know, another guy who went undefeated for like six, seven years. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's hard with him, though, because of the fact that, like, when I look at the flyweight division at the state it was in whenever he was fighting, like, uh, whenever he was champion, they were trying to get anybody they could into to be a flyweight. You know, my, my problem with that way of thinking is you can't blame him yeah. that nobody else was as good as him. Yeah. He did exactly what someone on his level should do against those guys. And that makes him great. Yeah. Um, that doesn't take away from his greatness. It's just we didn't get to see his potential. Maybe. What about uh, Ronda Rousey? I would say she's in the, she's definitely an honorable mention. Yeah. Um, her, I would put her and Connor if I were to do another lumping. I'd yep. put them together because they brought in a huge wave of people. Um, I'd even throw Brock Lesnar in that mix. Um, they they brought in a huge wave of people. They were like this whole. They're the reason we have so many casual fans. Yeah. Um, without them, who knows where the UFC would be? Yeah. And that's a weird thing to say. It's true, but though. it's true. Because there was a weird air going on after Brock Lesnar walked away. Yeah. It, it was weird because you had a bunch of fighters who no one really was cared about. They were yeah. all great fighters. Because GSP walked away not too long after. Yeah. Um, and then Conor McGregor came along and was the new face that everybody was freaking out about. Yeah. Uh, Ronda Rousey before. So they're definitely honorable mentions. But um, let us know what your honorable mentions are. Let us know what your top five are. As we get to our number one. Okay. You want to say it at the same time? We'll count down at three. One, two, three, then uh, three, two, one, then go. Yeah, sure. Okay. okay. I'm not going to say go. Just three, two, one, and then we'll All righty. All righty. Because <laughs> I think it's funny. We like to have fun. Yeah. We're, we're making the most of things. Oh, okay. Three, two, one. GSP. GSP. Yep. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Uh, nobody <laughs> embodies mixed martial arts more than GSP does. Nobody did what he did to a weight division. 
nobody came back after five years of not fighting to knock out a champion and win in a, a different weight division. Yeah. Um, I don't care who it was against. Nobody's done what he's done. Yeah. Um, he didn't. Re- he didn't retire undefeated. He had two losses, and then he went back and beat those guys. Yeah. Um, so in, in a competitive sense, maybe he didn't erase those losses, but uh, he did. Yeah. Because uh, he beat the hell out of them. Matt Hughes uh, beat him with an armbar with one second left in the fight that GSP was arguing, or one second left in the round. Yeah. In which GSP didn't look bad in. Yeah. Um, but ever since then. You never see him get taken down like that. No. Ever again. Um, Jake Shields took him down, and I think that was that was the first time GSP lost a round since he lost to Matt Serra. Yeah, which is back when rules were broken. Technically, he he won all five of those rounds. But I mean, he did win all five. Um, I think I I mean my personal opinion, yeah. Oh well, I th- I think like you know factually, yeah. uh, he did lose like one of those rounds, and I was like, that's a freaking joke. Yeah. Jake, Jake Shields didn't do anything with that takedown. Um, but I think that they did give one round to him and then his fight with Carlos Condit and then his fight with Johnny Hendricks. A lot of people have issues with his fight with Johnny Hendricks. I implore you to go watch that fight again. GSP won that fight. He won three rounds of the five. Johnny Hendricks coasted in the fifth, which cost him the fight. Yeah. And uh, please tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I really. You I, had you had told me I was wrong, and we were, we were watched it though. I, I retracted my statement because, uh, and that's what I tell people whenever I've talked to other people about it too. Is like, cause I like out of all my friends, like I am the biggest MMA fan. They know that, so we talk about fights and stuff. And uh, I mean, like, I never really shit on anyone's opinion. Everyone, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like they they have their own like. I have a friend who believes that, you know, the the problem with Conor McGregor was, was losing now is a stance. And it's just like, yeah, well, I don't think so. But, I mean, you have the right to think that I have friends who think that Johnny Hendricks won. And they ask me about it. And whenever we talk about it, I just tell them, like, you just need to go back and rewatch that fight. You're like, I will give the second and fourth round to Johnny Hendricks. Besides that, he lost the first, the third, and the fifth round. He put GSP and through a lot to win that yeah. fight. But you coasted in the fifth round. Um I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why you would coast in the fifth round in the cha- in a championship fight. Um, no matter what, you have to push your hardest in the fifth round. Yeah, don't coast. Daniel Cormier's idea of coasting in the third, at least that makes sense. Yeah, it's still dumb. Got but, him knocked out. Yeah, but it's still like, hey, coast in the third because those fourth and fifth you have to push. Yeah. Don't push, push, push. Eh, you're done now. You it's, can stop. It's smart, but whenever, like, okay, so look at his fight with John Jones. He got knocked out in the second and the third round. Um, yeah, we're you know, talking GSP. Or, or, like, oh, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, or even his fight with um, his with Stipe Miocic in the, the second fight. He coached the third round, and that's where Stipe was starting to make the mid-fight adjustments, and he came back, and he, um, he that's when Stipe came back. But with GSP... Nobody can do uh, do it like GSP, and the only person that's coming close to that is Kamaru Usman. You know, um, yeah, I I would kind of agree. Um, Kamaru, I think, record and legacy, yeah, he's he's well yeah. on his way. Yeah. Um, fighting style and talent, I think, he's got a lot to do. Yeah, because GSP was a great striker who became a great wrestler, grappler, yeah. I'll say. Um, but he became a great grappler pretty early on. Yeah. Um, so he was very well-rounded, uh, before he became champion. Yeah. Kamaru is now becoming a great striker 
well into his career. Yeah. So I think he's got to show that he can be a great striker, not just a guy who makes his hands work for him. Yeah, because we saw in his fight against Corey Muswell, he still throws really like sloppy, sloppy hooks. Yeah. Um, his jab's great. His straight is great. I'm certain that with Trevor Whitman, that's going to get fixed. Yeah. But if we're comparing the two, I think GSP is definitely above him. Yeah. Uh, I think Ali Abdelaziz recently commented on that, said that Kamara is better than him, and he's passed him up in terms of greatest of all time. Ali Abdelaziz is a piece of shit. <laughs> Terrorist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, too. But, yeah, no. Uh, G- what GSP has done for the sport, he's the first guy to wear a suit. Yeah. In the UFC. Uh, I mean, he was the first guy to be a role model that people were okay with their kids looking up to. Yeah. Uh, people didn't want their kids looking up to Chuck and no. Tito. <laughs> Chuck um, was popping ambience before his fucking interviews. GSP, though, was this very well-put-together guy. Um, yeah. You know, he was clean-shaven, the yeah. suit, uh, very well-spoken with his broken English, but he was a very nice guy. They tell him, hey, go talk trash to Matt Hughes. And he says, I wasn't impressed with your performance. Oh, <laughs> chill out there, <laughs> guy. Name, dude. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he was just a really good person. Um, do you feel like he had something to do with the uh, stricter drug testing? Because he, he wanted uh, yeah, it. Yeah, he, he wanted, wanted it. Yeah. And I, hey, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, again, if that's the case, just another big tool for the MMA community. Did he... Uh... He wanted stricter drug testing when he's fighting Johnny Hendricks, right? Mm-hmm. Did they ever do it? Mm-mm. They didn't do Not it? Not until after the fight. Oh, really? Um, because Johnny Hendricks wanted a rematch for so long, and yeah. GSP was like, once they start doing stricter drug testing, maybe. Yeah. Um, that's he's why it took him something. so long to come back. Yep. Yeah. Because look at what happened to Johnny Hendricks afterwards. Yeah, he was not the same fighter at all. He, he never popped, though. Because well, the well, IV bags usually will cover up anything that's in your system. Uh, yeah, no, man, he's he's a, I don't know, he's something else. And but yeah, uh, another person. If you're wondering why they're not in our top five, John Jones is disqualified oh, right. for being a human piece of garbage. Yeah, he's kind of a piece of shit. So we don't disc- we, I don't include that. Also, because I feel like that uh, half of his the first half of his title reign was the first time is he was doing a title reign. Uh, he just fought guys who are on their way out. But that's just me. Debatable. Yeah, exactly. It is very debatable. uh, Another time. Yeah. So, yeah, let us know what your top five is. Um, Let us know if you think we're wrong. Follow us, subscribe, comment, like, do all that stuff. Thank you very much. Anything else you want to say? Uh, Yeah, please do all that. It helps us out a lot, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, we're having fun doing this. Uh, Let us know what y'all think. Uh, If you like the list, let us know what kind of list to do. And what's your top five? Yeah, I said that. Oh, you did? I don't know, man. I'm stupid. Yeah, same. All right. Appreciate it, guys.